0: Shania Twain's tour bus rolled over on the Trans-Canada highway, family desperate after immigration refused a father's visa to attend the funeral of his son. Greenpeace challenges paper excellence's environmental practices, Canada is on track to increase emissions, and the rapid support forces is on the cusp of controlling all of Darfur. Good morning. It's Thursday, November 9th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First, we start along the Trans-Canada Highway east of Wolseley, Saskatchewan. A tour bus carrying Shania Twain's crew jackknifed and rolled yesterday, sending some number of people to the hospital. Shania wasn't on the bus. The group was heading to Saskatoon from Winnipeg, where they played on Tuesday night. The unbylined article from CBC News reports that the roads were very slippery, and emergency services crew members said that it looked like the bus driver had lost control. There were 13 people trapped inside the bus, and crews needed to cut open the upper top of the bus to reach them. Many were wearing socks and pajamas, probably indicating that they were asleep on the bus. While several people were injured, two people had to be sent from the local hospital to Regina. There were two other jackknifed tractor trailers along the same highway that same morning. The article makes no mention of anything that might improve road conditions or road safety along the Trans-Canada. Next to Montreal, with a story that was posted early yesterday morning. That is important, so keep that in mind. Frank Ntari was killed in Ottawa when his car was hit by another car. It was hit so hard that the cars both burst into flames. Both Ntari and his friend Innocent Muhoza died. The driver of the other car, Shailen McKay, was charged with two counts of impaired driving causing death. Now, dealing with this would be difficult enough for any family. But what's made it far worse is that Ntari's father, Adolf Rukin Kenya, is stuck in Burundi. Canada refused his visitor's visa application last month. There were six family members who were supposed to travel to Canada for the funeral, but only two have had their visas accepted. Ntari's body has not yet been buried. His mother, Melanie Rubavu, has now been staying with Ntari's two orphaned children. Their mother died in 2020. CBC News' Arthur White Crummy wrote quote, last week. Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada (IRCC) told him it refused his application for a visitor visa because he hadn't shown convincing proof he would leave Canada, taking into account his financial resources and family ties. IRCC later told CBC Burundian nationals require visitors' visas, also known as temporary resident visas, to enter Canada for any short-term period up to six months, including for funerals. Antwari's brother also tried to get the visas processed. He was in touch with Canada's High Commission in Tanzania. CBC was in touch with the IRCC to find out what was going on. The family also filed an appeal on Monday. So remember when I said to pay attention to the timing of this article? Well, yesterday afternoon, Adolf Rukin Kenya received his visa. No word in the article of the other members of the family who were waiting. What a horror of a system that we've built to force families to go through this, to prove that they're not going to stay in Canada just to be able to attend the funeral of a loved one. And so what if they stay in Canada? That would be fine, too. Next, Greenpeace has filed a complaint against Paper Excellence, Canada's largest pulp and paper company. They operate 40 mills across Canada and the United States. Greenpeace is asking that they lose their Forward Stewardship Council credentials because they can demonstrate that the company is actually part of Asia Pulp and Paper, a company that is involved in destructive forestry practices. Greenpeace didn't find out these links on their own. They've been working as well with CBC and the Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Together, they found that the two companies were coordinating closely and secretly, writes CBC News' Zach Dubinsky. They collaborated on hiring, regulatory submissions, supply, and pricing. Paper Excellence and Asia Pulp and Paper are both owned by the Indonesian company Sinar Mass. Asia Pulp and Paper lost their FSC credentials in 2007 because they weren't meeting their standards for sustainable deforestation. Dubinsky reports that FSC is confident that there's no majority ownership relationship between the two companies. Plus, FSC says even if there was, they would just work with the companies to ensure FSC standards could be met, which of course then calls into question what FSC certified really stands for. Here's how Dubinsky explains the FSC certification. Quote, the international certification, often seen on reams of printer paper or sheets of plywood, enables forestry companies to command higher prices for their output and attract environmentally conscious brands as customers. Losing it would be a blow to a resource giant that currently manages 22 million hectares of Canadian forest, an area four times the size of Nova Scotia, though Paper Excellence also certifies under two other systems considered less exacting, unquote. Now, it takes quite a while to find out that Paper Excellence is owned by the son of the head of Asia Pulp and Paper and quote-unquote received help when he launched his Canadian business. The company claims that it's solely owned by the Sun and that Sinar Mass has no control over it. The article includes a photo of Jackson Wijaya, the owner of Paper Excellence. He's posing with a giant check alongside Jair Bolsonaro's son, Eduardo. Next, to climate news from CBC's Benjamin Shingler. A new report from the UN is showing that major fossil fuel producing countries, Canada included, plan to generate more than double the amount of fossil fuels that are necessary to limit global warming temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said that the report is, quote, a startling indictment of runaway climate carelessness. Canada is the fourth largest producer in the world, and we are set to increase our production levels through 2030. We'll be above 2022 levels by 2035 if we stay on the current course. Norway and the UK are both on track to reduce production. The US is on track to increase. Canada's Environment and Sustainable Development Commissioner Jerry DeMarco said that we are the only country in the G7 that hasn't, quote, achieved any emissions reductions since 1990. Unquote. Environmental groups are, of course, calling for action. And finally, to Sudan, where the rapid support forces are about to close in on all of Dufour, taking control over the region from the Sudanese army. Activists and experts who talked to Al Jazeera warn that the control of Darfur would be catastrophic. The RSF defeated the army in the south, the west, and central Darfur and is planning a final push towards the north. It's there where hundreds of thousands of people have sought refuge from the fighting in other parts of the region. Some of the people in north Darfur are fleeing into the mountains or to Libya to escape the RSF. 11 million people live in Darfur. The RSF has been particularly brutal towards non-Arab communities and activists worry especially about targeted ethnic violence. The RSF doesn't have the capacity to organize a state, says Suleiman Baldo from the group Transparency and Policy Tracker. This means that if the RSF does control Darfur, it could create a breakdown in social conditions and social order. Activists also say that they fear an increase in sexual violence. The RSF has been accused of helping allied militias in their attempted ethnic cleansing of the Masalit tribe in West Darfur. They assassinated human rights monitors, lawyers and journalists. Monitors told Al Jazeera that some 800 young men were executed earlier this month by RSF forces when they took control of West Darfur. Those are your headlines for Thursday, November 9th. I'm Nora. You are listening to this podcast at SandyAndNora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday, the weekend. You can see it.